Cupid, I've said I'm sorry so many times. I know it's jarring to be slid down the food chain to something you used to eat, but you can't just keep looking at that old portrait of yourself and crying little pigeon tears. I know it'll cheer you up. How about we record an episode of Wizard Seeking Wizard? And it's your favorite. That's right. It's dark secrets time. All the hot, dark ghosts that I know you crave, my little pigeon pal. Just the thing to cheer you up and fuel a transformation back to normal. So, podcast time. You know the drill. Here we go. Hello there, listeners, and welcome back to that Congress of Conjurers, that charming show about the warm glow, the soothing hour of friendship power, wizard-seeking wizard. Today, we're opening our diaries and letting out our darkest secrets. It's time to spill the tea, as the whiz kids say, and the only brew on the menu is spicy chai. So let's... Hey, Cupid, do you hear that? It's getting louder. Is it signal? What's happening? No? No? This is Wizard Seeking Wizard, and I'm the host, Smoochalon, the most wonderful wizard of relationships in the infinite realms, broadcasting all over you from the heart tower at the nexus of the world's love lines. On this show, I find wizards solutions to their problems. Solutions that are other wizards. I should address the Oliphant in the room. I have seized this podcast from Camistro the Matchmage. <laughs> it was quite easy. The resonance of this tower is far superior to that of that puny little crystal sphere between worlds. A signal of a few thousand megahertz was more than enough to override his broadcast. Farewell, Camistro. I'll take it from here. Why, you ask? I'll tell you. (laughs) As a treat. First, and most obviously, it's because I don't want Camistro contacting anyone else. I bested him by the ancient rules of wizard betrayal, and I plan to keep it that way. You know what they say. A dragon can't burn you if it stays in its egg. Actually, only I say that, but more people should. Secondly, I stole this show because Camistro was so bad at it. 
He once knew his stuff, but if he were really the wisest relationship wizard of us all, then he'd be happily broadcasting his show from the top of a tower with a heart in it at the center of the world's love lines. But he's not, and I am, because I know relationships better than him. You might say I have a superior relationship to the concept of relationships itself. <laughs> and isn't that the most powerful relationship of all? I'm going to tell you one of those secrets that everyone knows. Relationships are about meeting your needs. If you've met someone that meets your needs, you have a good relationship. It's that simple. Charlatans of the interpersonal arcana will tell you that there's more to it than that. They'll sell you books and movies and therapy sessions and weird fanfiction about how relationships need a spark, or chemistry, or something else special. They'll spin tales as tall as giants about love at first sight, or kindred spirits, or hearts beating in unison. All of that is nonsense. Sparks and chemistry make an alchemy fair project, not a relationship. Love at first sight is almost always because of a potion. Kindred spirits are just ghosts who have the same hobbies. And if two hearts are beating in unison, that's probably a curse. Three hearts beating in unison is definitely a curse. All a good relationship takes is a person with a need and a person who fills that need. For example, consider our first wizard for today. Their name is Sore Error. Sore Error here is a bit of a prankster. In fact, he sent his ad in one of those novelty whoopee cushions. Now, you're going to hear a lot of insects in this ad. If you've ever had a bad experience with manticore venom, or spent any time captive in a chrysalis, or dated someone who turned out to be a swarm of bees in a costume, but you didn't learn until you went back with them to an apartment that was smaller and waxier and fuller of honey than you expected, skip ahead until you hear my voice again. My sensuous, beautiful voice. Mmm. I'm looking forward to it already. Now, to sit on this whoopee cushion for that ad. It's in here. Just wait a moment. I know there's an ad in here. I'd listened to it before. If there isn't an ad in here, I'm editing this part out. Hello, potential friends and enemies. I am the incredible, the amazing, no, the wondrous wizard Sore Error, and I've come to make alliances with those I deem worthy of my respect. Honestly, I am truly desperate. I live in an extremely unmagical place called Sharon City. It is a hideous location, filled with millions of people, most of whom are constantly fucked over by circumstances beyond their control. I mean, money isn't even real, it's just like time, constantly forcing tangible consequences on my life, despite its inherent made-up nature. If it weren't for the blind greed of some, this world could be vastly improved. By me, obviously. I mean, do you know that the shops around here won't let people use their washrooms without minimum purchase? 
That's horrible. If I could get to an actual washroom, I would, you know. And I'm lucky. I have an actual washroom to go back to. What about homeless people? Nobody should have to pay any amount of money just to comfortably take a dump. Unfortunately, I'm in no position to make that happen. But I did want to bring to light one of the most heinous acts of capitalism I've ever experienced. So naturally, I protested. I made note of as many locked public toilets I could find, and I summoned a giant three-foot-long millipede into each and every one of them. Those washrooms certainly were unlocked on that day. It was some of the best work I've ever done, if I do say so myself. The only potential downside is that I had to take all the insects uh, into my home. Not because I couldn't unsummon them, obviously not. What kind of wizard would summon several hundred giant millipedes if he couldn't unsummon them? No, obviously I had to save these poor creatures from death by taking them into my extremely humble abode. But I know that I could be capable of so much more. And that's where you come in. I need to get better at this magic business. And clearly, I'm not going to get anywhere here. My spellbook has been useful thus far, but I must have more. I know there are more wondrous creatures and awe-inspiring beasts that I could summon. I want to see them, to pet them, to showcase their power and majesty. I know you people from other dimensions are holding out on me. I've seen the pictures on the dark web. I just need to know how to bring those creatures over here. Help me create the Forbidden Petting Zoo. And I guess if you really want something out of this, you can look inside my ancient spellbook. I stole it from my old university when I got kicked out, and I can only read about a quarter of it because, as I said, I got kicked out of university. It's written in some strange languages, and it's very, very thick, so if that interests you, do get in touch. The story you just heard emanating from beneath my Calipigian rumpus was the story of a wizard in need. Saw Error needs to brush up on his skills. Based on that need, he seeks someone to help him. Proving my point, which needs no proving, that the relationship is based on the need. No need, no relationship. He even offered an exchange at the end, so he can meet someone else's need. Everyone loves a win-win situation. (laughs) You get to win twice! You're probably wondering how I got a hold of that ad. All the wizards on the show sent their ads to Camistro, and yet I have them. Now how did that happen? I'm a wizard of relationships, as you know. The best at relationships in all the realms. But can you guess what sort of people have the most relationships? Oh, you're going to strike your forehead and say, Oh, it's so obvious once I tell you. Ready? It's mail carriers. They know more names, more addresses, more... Dirty dirty laundry about the home lives of wizards than anyone else. More even than Domesticon, the neighborly necromancer of Subsuburbalot, who's on first-name terms with an entire continent of dwarves. Now, when you've got so many relationships, you are very, very susceptible to relationship magic. 
Every bond between two beings is a weak point, and that makes a mail carrier more vulnerable than a pixie pudding on Wismus. All it took was a little smoochulon charm, and poor pathetic Postocles was eating out of my hand. I should explain. That made it sound like I seduced Postocles. I didn't do that. No, I tugged on those relationship threads and popped out his greatest weakness from his deep, subconscious memories of family trips to the Big Wiz State Fair. A delicious candy apple that he literally ate out of my hand. While he was picking the sweet, sticky goodness out of the grill of his diver's helmet, I helped myself to some of Camistro's mail and some coupons addressed to Diamond Tessa, the wealthy witch of Western Wingspire. She doesn't need them. Speaking of alliterations, our next needy wizard is Tashlinda the Tenacious. Tashlinda sent her ad, which I stole by distracting Camistro's mailman with a candy apple, in this mysterious puzzle box of her own design. Now, how to open this? Hmm, one moment. Oh, it was a tough nut, but I applied my intellect for a century or so in a dimension outside of time, and now I've busted it. All I have to do is turn this key, which lets me open these panels. Revealing this dial, turn to the skull, the ox, the flame, and place a hair of my beard into the hole. Press both of these sides and that should do it. Hello, hi. My name is Tashlinda the Tenacious, formerly Tashlinda the Terrible, but that's all water under the bridge now, isn't it? Aliester. So what's there to say about little old me? I'm an innovative kind of gal with wide interests in new magic. I guess that's just a fancy pants way of saying that I love artificing and alchemy, any combinations of magical items to create a new effect. After all, why exhaust yourself casting a freezing ray on a group of interloping adventurers who insist on invading your tower for literally no reason when you can just booby-trap your front door? The screams double as a burglar alarm, too. So convenient. I've been on the forefront of many arcane discoveries, including the improved shrinking potion, the forge in a bottle, and the interloper control mechanism. Granted, that last one is just a very effective spiked pit, but if it ain't broke, right? Unfortunately, having spent the last couple of centuries focused on my career has taken its toll on my creative vision. No one is solely motivated by their own ideas and ambitions. Eventually, everyone needs a little outside input in order to learn and grow. That's why I'm reaching out. I want to delve into the darkest arcane secrets with a collaborator. My ideal collaborator has a strong grasp of magical theory, but more than that has a real love of the craft. I'm attracted to active minds and genuine enthusiasm. A collaborator of mine doesn't dirty their hands with physical fighting, not when a magical solution or a clever contraption will do the trick. I want to be wowed by your ideas and I hope you'll be wowed, or at least intimidated, by mine. 
As for the exact nature of this collaboration, I'm pretty flexible. I would just love to sit down and talk about dark magic over a cup of coffee. Or a cup of evil, which is a beverage I invented. Mostly made of coffee. But I'm also a strong believer in the value of competition for fostering creativity. I would definitely be up for a rivalry, either personal, professional, or both. I'm even interested in a nemesis arrangement, if that strikes your fancy. Just a quick side note, if we are nemeses, I will destroy you. I will utterly annihilate you. No physical trace of you will be large enough to perceive, and that is a promise. But we'll both learn so much from each other before that happens! Anyway, I can't wait to meet you, to collaborate and grow with you, and maybe obliterate your memory from the face of the earth. Call me. Tash Linda the Tenacious, I really do enjoy an alliterative sobriquet. Tash Linda the Tenacious, Kragamar the Crystalline, Pelavog the Perky, Purple, and Pectoral. Oh, there are so many good names like that. You know, Camistro the Cretan used to call me Smoochalon the Smug. Oh, can you believe that? I'm not smug. Am I smug? I'll ask this enchanted gilded portrait of myself. Paint Smoochalon, am I smug? No, you're very handsome and powerful and everyone likes you. You're Smoochilon the Suave and Sensational. Thank you, Paint Smoochilon. I thought so. <laughs> Not smug at all. Listen, everyone, I'm going to keep admiring this beautiful painting for a bit. While I do that, you can keep yourselves busy with this information from some other podcast. Here, gaze into this crystal sculpture of me, and sidetrack yourself with side-questing. Aren't adventurers supposed to have a specific purpose? What are you doing on this quest? Just meeting strangers? Yep, my purpose is to have no purpose. Though, I sort of find purpose as I go. My basket! It's missing! I have tried many means of defense, but none have yet proven successful. I just wish someone would succeed in getting that darn sword. I am under attack by this ruffian! I want to be big and strong and fight evil. I have hope that if you show up at her door, she might listen. Want to help me yell at them? With your sword? In a threatening manner? Sidequesting is a fantasy podcast about avoiding the main plot. It follows Ryan, an adventurer who's willing to help just about anyone out, as long as they're not being asked to deal with that scary wizard everyone keeps talking about. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. I'm done admiring my self-portrait. For now. How is that other podcast? Not as good as this one, I'm certain. I should take over that podcast, too. Really show them how it's done. Uh, where were we? Ah, yes. Tashlinda the Tenacious's talk of liquid evil reminded me of the next personal ad from Fusor Aurorus, a dream wizard with a taste for coffee. Tell me, Fusor, does the caffeine get in the way of the dreaming? 
Listeners, you may not know, but dream wizards, unlike other wizards, are worse at magic the more alert they are. If you ever meet a dream wizard, ask them for their spells when they're at their drowsiest. I once asked for a demonstration from a punch-drunk dream wizard at a party, and in his stupor he gave me a vivid vision where I flew above the earth as a cotton candy cloud for seven years. I woke up, and it was only the next morning, but all my hair had gone pink and sticky. Mmm, delicious. This ad came in a bag of coffee in the real world, so it seems that Fuso's above board. The label says, Third Eye Opener Blend, Dark Roast, Strong Flavor, Ground from One Enormous Bean, from the Towering Beanstalks of Rubiaca. Interesting. I'll just scoop some out, put it in the machine, and percolate. Hey there. How's it going? My name is Fuzor Aurora Ass. I'm the mage of the salty dunes of the dream world. But really, that's more of a title and less of a statement about my location. Cause see, the salty dunes of the dream world, right? They roughly correspond to a shifting energy zone tethered to the east coast of the North American continent on Earth in the Milky Way galaxy. And whenever somebody on that part of Earth happens to dream about climate change, oh, damn. Let me tell you what, it just plays hell with my property. I mean, we're talking soil erosion that goes from zero to light speed in the snap of a dragon's tail. I'll go to bed and everything will be fine. I'll wake up and I'm basically, well, I'm basically my bed is a boat, right? Everything's underwater. It got to the point that I had to cast a spell to give myself gills every night before I'd go to bed and uh, nobody, nobody wants to sleep over my place if I got that going on. It's just, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to live with, you know? So usually I spend most of my time here, here being the waking world, uh, specifically a little place on earth called Florida. Their salty dunes remind me of home. And the locals. <laughs> oh man, they are really something. Just a trip. So fun to watch. I love casting mischief spells on them. They're just so much more susceptible than other Terrans. And I got a guy taking care of my property in the dream world, so, you know. It's fine. And he likes a challenge. All my stuff is in bubbles lined with dragon breath, tethered to my foundation with a density enchantment. And we got the structure up on some pretty high stilts, you know? He knows a lot of esoteric stretching magic, so he can just increase the height if need be. And you know, the dream world, of course, is famous for its huge atmosphere, so we could pretty much do that indefinitely. But also, I gotta pay my guy, and that's unsustainable, so... I mean, I got the funds but I wouldn't mind spending them on something else, you know? See, I paid my way through wizarding school on the profits I made from buying and selling on the Dark Secrets Exchange, right? There was this eldritch terror that somehow managed to finagle a promotion to, get this, angelic warrior. Don't ask me how. And just to screw with its bosses on the way out, 
It decided to sell its incantation for finding dark secrets to the next person that summoned it, and wouldn't you know it? That was this guy. <laughs> My folks said that black magic never amounted to anything good. Eh, shows what they know. And that's actually how I ended up in Florida, right? This place, man, this place is basically Earth's dark secret epicenter. But like I said, I don't feel good dumping half my cheddar into the dream world. The exchange rates alone are killer. So long story short, I'm looking for someone with good real estate acumen. Someone who wouldn't mind going in on a little venture together, provided you can help me offload my dream world property. In return, I'd be willing to cut you in on the profits of my next venture. See, I'm planning on getting in on energy drinks. For those of you that don't know, Terrans, they love caffeine. I know, I know. Those of you from the other realms might not think it's very strong, but Terrans, they don't have access to the demigod-grade stimulants that we can get, you know? So caffeine is as good of a jolt as they can get without a prescription. And healthcare on this planet, whew, don't even get me started. But after spending some time here, I find that caffeine is actually not without its charms. Me, I find a nice can of Red Bull on top of a chitonic screwdriver really just adds the right amount of extra kick that you need to get you through a long day of spellcasting. <laughs> and I mean, who hasn't had a little too much of the milk from an eldritch terror's tentacle and spent the night staring at the ceiling counting flying raccoons, am I right? Am I right? I'm right, right? Anyway, so yeah, my plan is to just take a smidge of that tentacle milk and mix it in with your standard 200-240 milligram caffeinated beverage. Nothing that the FDA could detect, but enough to make my energy drink the most effective one on the market. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you're thinking of stealing that idea, I found a copyright demon willing to put a mean curse on this one. So all I gotta say is tread carefully unless you want to eat through a new orifice for the rest of your life. You know? Yeah, you know. Anyway, if this seems like your spell bag, hit me up. I don't have an address per se, but my car is so tricked out because my thesis was in expansion magics. And I can just live in my car. It's incomprehensibly roomy. Like, like so roomy, it would make the TARDIS jealous. I live there and even I need a map. I got lost for a week when I first built it. Anyway. Take her easy. Ew, Fusor, I'm going to pour this coffee out. It smells like the ocean, it looks like seawater, and there's a little fish inside the carafe that wasn't there before. It seems your message did something to the brew. If it's normally like this, I might consider a different coffee supplier for your enterprise. Be free, little fish. Free as an animal with such little intelligence can be said to be. <laughs> Freer than Camistro, at least. It's now time to revisit the wizards who you, the audience, selected to meet after Camistro's final episode. Let me see here. It looks like you all elected Tim Gizzard, the Lizard Wizard, to meet with Quartz, the little crystal rock that jammed itself into a human skull. Stylish, Quartz. I appreciate that. 
Well, let's see what this odd couple managed to eke out of their meeting. Let's crack open this thought imprint and hear how it went. This is Tim Gizzard, the Lizard Wizard, checking in my post-date update uh, for my date with Quartz, uh, the enchanted rock that lives inside the skull of a dead man. I just had a lovely time with Quartz. I'll just come out and say it right away. I know I should build up to it, but I won't. I had a great time. It's not often that I'm summoned to help a fellow wizard in another plane. So if I'm completely honest, I was a bit nervous. I put on my old wizard robes from college, which I haven't broken out in years, so they're a bit musty. They're at the bottom of my closet. I want to make a good impression, so I, I threw that on over my tank top and my shorts, and I threw on my toesy shoes, because those are the only shoes that I own. I appreciate that they keep my toes separated. It's important to me. It makes me feel a little bit more lizard-like. I made sure to pack as many heating artifacts as I could into my interdimensional travel sack, and made sure to don my blue robes as Tim needed my help to find his blue ray. I assumed the color must be significant. I also made sure to wear one of my larger hats. Tim knew who I am, of course, but when traveling to another plane, it is important to take precautions. Some places don't take too kindly of a man with a large crystal shoved into the back of his skull. And then, of course, I just skedaddled out of my apartment. I told my lizards to water my plants if I wasn't back soon. And I, I went to the bus stop, which is where I told Quartz that he should enter this plane of existence because there's sort of a, there's a ley line convergence nearby, um, which means it's very easy to step between worlds. And also, it's simply the closest bus stop to my house and that line goes right to the Freezy Kingdom. I arrived early to a place quite unfamiliar. There were rather many, many more wizards on this plane, or a great number of powerful, benevolent ones, as compared to my own. For while some walked, most people had these great rolling suits of armor. It didn't seem dangerous, but best to be on your guard. Shortly after Tim arrived, the largest vehicle yet stopped right where we were standing. And Quartz was just taken aback. You know, Quartz honestly extremely shocked by buses, so wherever he's from, they have cursed rocks that live in people's brains and, and powerful wizardry, and they do not have buses because he simply lost his mind. He said, how does this work? I said, it's a combustion engine. He said, what does that mean? And I said, oh, frankly, it's, it's advanced sorcery that's beyond me. Tim did something to annoy the captain, but in a matter of moments, we had seated ourselves amongst the other riders. I paid, uh, as is usual, with $2 bills, uh, which I just like the smile that they put on someone's face. No one's ever inconvenienced by it, as far as I can tell. I thought Tim must be a powerful wizard to get so many people to take him straight to the Freezy Kingdom. And Quartz is just such a dear. He brought so many warm gifts to try and keep me warm. I can't go to the Freezy Kingdom without something to keep me warm. He gave me just the nicest little vest. You know, it doesn't look like it's going to be warm, but it just, you put it on and you're, it spreads through your core and you feel uh, happy and it was just great. The quest itself turned out rather straightforward. We tried to ride up to Freezy King's apartment. 
The Freezy King quickly realized he was in the wrong and returned the great artifact Tim and I had set out to retrieve. Honestly, it just turned out that Freezy King wasn't mad at me at all. He just had left me on red. He forgot to check his messages. So uh, when I asked for a John Wick 2 back, he was like, sure. I felt it was all going rather well, and Tim invited me to return to his dwelling, and I accepted. It's rare to get to spend time with a wizard or someone who is as forthcoming as Tim. There was one moment when things looked like they might get complicated. And then he said, sort of like, what's next? What are we doing next? And I was sort of trying to give him some signs, like you can't actually come, I'm on a date. I'm on a friend date. The Freezy King endeavored to join us, but seeing him originally as a potential threat, I hadn't brought any artifacts to gift to him. I guess I could have given him that necklace that makes sure my shoulders don't stay hunched over for too long. But I really like that necklace, especially when I'm traveling between planes. And I didn't want to overwhelm Quartz because he's never seen anything before. He's like a baby. Freezer King didn't take that those signals well at all, though. He ran back into his house and was like, I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab Catan. I'm going to grab some board games. And honestly, we just skedaddled. I'll explain it to him later. It's faster to just leave. When we left, I told Tim that we didn't have to convince another, what did he call it? bus driver. Quartz just scooped me up in his wizardly arms. I summoned the winds, and we returned high above even the taller structures around. And flew me right bodily back to my apartment, which is the most impressive wizardry I've ever seen. I think Tim liked it. But, you know, we got to my apartment, which isn't really, it's not so much a sanctum or a lair or anything, but a studio apartment, so I thought maybe he wouldn't be impressed. When we returned to Tim's dwelling, I saw a great number of items that reinforced my understanding of Tim as a great wizard. Because it's just one room and a, and a bathroom off to the side. He had flames torches, of course. What was it worth a damn doesn't? But he had set them up so that any commoner could activate them by flipping a switch on the wall. But he really seemed like he, he liked it. I don't know if he has created all of these things himself. Perhaps he knows a great conjurer and barters, but it is a fairly impressive collection. I wonder that he couldn't create a vest of warm climes himself. Well, I was glad to be there. And and that's nice, because my apartment's not so much set up for people. You know, I have like maybe 20 to 25 to 30, or perhaps 40 or 50, or perhaps 60 to 65 to 70 lizards to 75 lizards or 80 lizards in my apartment and so they sort of rule the roost there's like i have a bunch of hamster tubes and shelves with heat lamps and uh, lots of plants and the lizards hide in the plants which is why i don't rightly know how many lizards live there but it's more for lizards than it is for a person i don't have a bed frame it's just a you know I have my entertainment system and, and, and a mattress, and I get by, it's, it's fine, but it's not a sanctum, you know? But Quartz didn't mind. Quartz didn't mind at all. He just, he just asked questions about everything. He asked questions about the lizards. Eventually, I asked about the artifact itself, the John Wick 2 Blu-ray. And let me tell you, I was not disappointed. So apparently, on this plane, one of the stronger wizards is known by multiple names. 
John Wick is one of them. But his magic is like nothing I've seen before. Now, he doesn't create an armor of flexible marble and conjure flame to defeat those trying to harm him, like I would. But his school of magic, it is clear he is the greatest. The lizards kept being like, who's this guy? This is clearly a dead body that's being uh, piloted by a cursed stone. And I had to say to the lizards, I had to be like, first off, don't say, don't call it cursed. It's fine. Uh, nobody chooses to be born. Uh, that's true. Uh, don't call it cursed. And also, even if it's true that he's a dead body, you can't say that. It's not polite. To think, on this plane, great wizards send these moving tapestries with sound that tell you an entire story. Tim said that you could even replace the original sound with the sound of John Wick commenting on how he felt seeing himself do all this magic. To be in a place where wizards are so highly regarded. He was so interested in this Blu-ray, he seems to think that it's enchanted, but it's just a high-density encoded video format with HD audio. It's not it's not magic, but anyways, we watched the full film and and now Quartz is convinced that that is exactly how the world works here. He seems to think it's some sort of documentary. I had to try and explain it to him that it's fiction, but he didn't really seem to grasp that particular aspect of it. it he, he thinks that to go to a hotel you have to pay gold coins and that you're not allowed to kill anyone on the grounds, which is generally true. You can't do that, but but that's it. I digress. I couldn't help myself from trying to prove that my magic was useful in the face of all of this. Tim brought us drinks and I created an ice cube for mine, but remembering his issues with cold earlier, I warmed his up. Uh, anyways, I really had a nice time with Quartz. You know, we chatted a little bit, but here's the thing. Quartz can hang. He seems like a guy who's spent a lot of time alone, and he just seemed like he enjoyed having someone to sit next to. He's done a lot of sitting, and, you know, from what I can tell, he's, he's maybe... He seems like he's spent a long time alone, and it, it really, I really enjoyed hanging out with him, and I would gladly do it again. You know, 10 out of 10 date. I thought it was great. I may have stepped over a line at some point, because Tim kept talking to his lizards, and well, seems that they knew what was under my hat and didn't appreciate me being there. I think that eventually my lizards, I think that Quartz could tell that they were a little uncomfortable with him, which I really gave them a stern talking to about later, but he eventually made an excuse to leave, and I gave him I gave him my copies of John Wick 1 and John Wick 3. Tim insisted I take two of John Wick's other Blu-rays. I don't have an obsidian mirror at home, but I'll see if I can create one. And then he just, he skedaddled. Uh, you know, he got back out of there. And that's fine. Uh, it was good. I just hope he comes back. I would like to hang out with him again. Other than me not being accepted by his lizard friends, I felt like the quest went very well, yes. Tim and I are 
not alike in many ways. But around him, I felt I could be myself. I would absolutely spend more time with Tim. And yes, part of it is to find out more about this John Wick magician. Can't seem to find a rock with a crack in it to get the obsidian mirror I made to accept the ones that Tim gave me. But part of it was just spending time with another soul who I didn't have to hide myself from. It was really nice. You know, uh, after he left, <laughs> Frazy King just showed up. He won't take no for an answer. And he was like, did you notice that that guy was a dead body with a rock in his skull? And I was like, yeah, man. And Frazy King was like, that's sick. That's so cool. So anyways, we hung out. I think Frazy King and Quartz would get along just fine. So Quartz, if you hear this, you're welcome back anytime. Well, when a crystal and a lizard meet, what do you expect? Well done. I hope you got what you were after, the both of you. Our final wizard ad today is from the sonic sorcerer Tippy Germain. This ad was packaged as a voice in a jar, which, as you'll see, is Tippy's specialty. Let me just pop this open. Good morning, Slugilon. Begin the day by lifting your hands into the air. Breathe in. Breathe out. Excellent job, Slugilon. Gently let your hands fall to your side. Bend forward until your fingers that was the wrong jar. I have a bit of a collection of my own, you see. Let's open the right jar this time. Call me Ishmael. Some years ago, never mind how long precisely, having little or no money in my purse and nothing particular to interest me on shore, I thought I would sail about a little and see the watery part of the world. It is a way I have. No, that's a sample I made for the Smoochilon Book in a Jar of the Month Club. Subscribe today. After I open this next jar, of course, which is definitely the correct jar. Smoochilon, that's the Book of Bondings, the most powerful tome of relationships magic in all the realms. You're not ready for intimacy of that level? Give it to me. Smoochilon, why are you laughing? Hmm, <laughs> well, I'll edit that part out. This next one, for sure. So, my name is uh, Tippy Germain, and I am a sonic sorcerer. I'm self-taught in the practice of acoustical grammary, uh, oral magics producing arcane effects through sounds and combinations thereof. It's a niche art, but I've found it's a rather productive one, rich in possibility. And sure, there's technology and recording and all of these cast-upon pods, and they're fine, I suppose. It has its place. But why would you poke at cold points of light on a screen when you can hold sound in your hands and knead all of the elements together by hand and create something powerful? 
My favorite part of the work, though, is the collection and distillation process. It's much like the mundane field recording process in that you venture out into the world to collect sound with some manner of medium, but it's not nearly so cold and distant as pointing a mesh box covered in fur at something hoping to get a good sound. Instead, I venture out with jars and bottles and a medium of my own concoction in which the sound is suspended and which helps give it form. If all goes correctly, the medium draws the sound to itself, gently incorporating it until the sound is spun through. You evaporate the medium once you're home, and you then have a lovely jar of sound. The collection's all lined up in racks and shelves like so many spices, and it has a wonderful glow to it. The different combinations of source and environment and timbre in the different sounds results in all sorts of luminous things. But my favorite sounds, by far my favorite sounds, are voices. They have such a beautiful and curious shine. It, it's so wondrous what the human voice can do. There are so many lovely different ones, so many shades and colors and textures between voices within a single voice. Never mind the actual magic that's involved, there's something charming about voices. They are a little harder to collect than most sounds, especially when many of the ones you hear belong to people not in the same room as you. But it is possible to coax them out from such distances, though even once in the safety of the jars, they're much more sugar-spun and flimsy, a little less luminous. Lined up with the others, they're no less beautiful, but I must confess there is a richness to the ones you get in person, be it from an actor, a neighbor, a cashier, a stranger in the street, and when distilled, there isn't an oral elixir that doesn't benefit from even just a dash of the right voice. As fulfilling as this work is, however, it's missing something. The niche, however wonderful, is kind of lonely, and you can only sustain and be sustained by your own enthusiasm alone for so long. And that's an easy way to keep your world too small. And so, in that spirit, I seek a collaborator. Cooperative or adversarial, either one will do. I'm looking for someone who would at least seek to understand uh, proper acoustical magics. As I say, it's a niche practice that few even know about and fewer still truly understand. And there's a great joy to sound and to the practice. And the right collaborator or the right rival who can appreciate the depths of sound and the practice and what it can do would be marvelous. And in that same spirit, I want to learn more of other magical specialties. Magic itself has some magnificent sonic delights to offer. I would be remiss to deny myself the opportunity to seek more of them out. The difficulty I've found, though, is that issue of so few people understanding the art and the misconceptions that come out of it. The chiefest misconception, thanks to certain sea witches whom polite company will not name, is that in their presence I would steal their voice, which is both gauche and ridiculous. I would think that scores of people falling silent for no apparent reason would go noticed. And besides, taking someone's voice is like uprooting a perfectly good flower and just leaving it to dry on my kitchen counter. I have the one iteration, but it's just the one, and once it's gone, it's gone. It's far better to just leave the whole plant be and snag a cutting or some seeds now and again. 
I have what I need and it can be left to grow and flourish and share more with the world. So I'd like to think that I can enrich the work of the right collaborator and the right collaborator can enrich mine. Thank you. What a well-preserved voice. Obviously collected and contained by an acoustical ace. Tippy, if you need someone with a silky, smooth voice who already has a cabinet full of jarred voices, contact me. I know a guy. He lives in a tower with a beating magical heart at its center. I just winked. This is a terrible medium for body language, so I need to tell you that I winked. Well, wink or no wink, this brings us to the spell of the week. I want to demonstrate for you a powerful spell of relationship magic, far more arcane and mystical than the parlor tricks Camistro was performing. On this very episode, I am going to create... Pause for dramatic effect... A familiar. Creating life out of thin air is difficult enough, listeners, and those creations are often chaotic and uncontrollable. Only a true master of relationships can conjure into being a new entity that is already devoted and loyal and in service to the conjurer. Summoning a familiar is a task no less than building a pure and strong relationship out of nothing but one's will. This powerful spell comes right out of the Book of Bonding, which you may know as the Socionomicon, a realm-renowned tome of relationship magic that I, Smoochalon, was rightfully granted in recognition of my... Formidable intimacy. I am the only wizard in magedom who can use such magic who is not also trapped in an orb between dimensions and is therefore irrelevant right now. I shall begin the ritual. First, I inscribe a summoning circle into the floor of this chamber. What a radiant radius. I now add elements of myself, so that the familiar will bond with me. First, a contract, signed in blood and faithfully executed. I'll use this invoice from my interior decorator. Last month, I had all the marble in this tower refurnished to look like wood. And all the wood refinished to look like marble, because the thought of it amused me. <laughs> it still does! <laughs> Money well spent! In goes the invoice. Next, it says here, tears from a bittersweet memory. I have no bittersweet memories. How can something be bitter and sweet? That's an oxymoron. Ah, yes! Speaking of morons, I have that terrible craft beer that my cousin Hopula the Artisanal homebrewed last year. I told her she has a real talent, but she doesn't. Bitter and sweet. Disgusting. In it goes! Finally, a family heirloom. I'll toss in this coin from my grandfather's inheritance. 
Thanks, Pawpaw. Pawpaw was the name of the Sasquatch that killed my grandfather. I now place rare and mystical talismans infused with the animal essence of relationships into the empowered circle. Eggs of a seahorse. Pouch of a kangaroo. Feather of lovebird. And claw of mantis. Now for the magical incantation to summon my familiar. Oh, that should do it, knock on marble. Rise, my familiar, and behold your creator. What is this? A stocky fellow, pallid and gray, with a bright red umbrella cap head? By Radagas, bounteous brambles, I've summoned a mushroom golem! A strange familiar, no doubt. But each day I uncover more of magic's mysteries. Mushroom, for your first task, run upstairs and draw me a bath. I'm nearly done with this recording, and then it's time for my... evening ritual. The rose petals are in the box by the closet. <coughs> what do you mean, no? You are my familiar, and you will do my bidding. Get off my floor! You fungal fool, that's my victuals cabinet! The bath is upstairs! Get out of my food! Those are portobellos, you sick fiend! That's cannibalism! Oh, disgusting. You've spored all over the cabinet. Clean that up! Huh. The Book of Bondings must have something wrong. Familiars are supposed to obey their creator. And why a mushroom golem? Mushrooms are parasites. They feed off other beings and suck the life out of them. That's not the right familiar for a relationship wizard. That's not like me at all. Unless... Nope, never mind. I almost had an epiphany about myself, but thankfully it passed. What to do with you, my mycoid minion? You're no use to me here. Should I cook you? Make mushroom soup? No, I shouldn't eat anything that came out of a summoning circle. I don't want a gateway to the spirit realm in my tum-tum. What's that? Oh. Yes, the podcast. Um, thank you for joining me on my podcast, Wizard Seeking Wizard. I trust it was highly educational and a corrective to that previous host's misinformation. If you wish to pair up the wizards you heard on this episode, there will be a link to the poll in the show notes. Or you can find me on my new Twitter at Wiz4Wiz. I'm done with you now. As for you, Mushroom, 
I've just realized what I'll do with you. Yes, yes, eat that table leg right up. You'll need all the nutrients you can suck for your little trip into the void between worlds. I need you to check in on an old relationship of mine. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Wizard Seeking Wizard. This is a community project made to give people something fun to do during our long isolations. All wizards were written and performed by the person portraying them. The hosting segment of this episode was written by Mark Camposano with Max Kreisky. Sound design was done by Tal Manier. You can find Tal on Twitter at Starplanes. In this episode, Josh Rubino played Smoochulon the Smug. You can find Josh on Twitter at Professor Coppermane and more of his voice acting work on the podcasts Valence and Primordial Deep. Achita Sanganathi played Sore Error. They don't have anything they want to promote right now, but I do want to give them a shout-out for doing their own sound design. Hannah Wright was Tash Linda the Tenacious. Hannah makes the audio drama In Between, a fantasy adventure podcast set between adventures. You can find her on all social media platforms at Chemically Writ. Josh Michelle and Jake Eisenhart reprised their roles as Quartz and Tim Gizzard the Lizard Wizard, respectively. You can find them on Twitter at The Socialist and at Jake underscore Eisenhart. Rami Abdelghani was Fuzor Auroras. He makes sketch comedy in Boston and online with Mr. Bismuth at Mr. Bismuth on social media. They also have a podcast out on SoundCloud and many great sketches on YouTube. You can also hear him on the Solutions to Problems podcast and on True Tales of the Illuminati. Grace Gist was Tippy Germain. Grace also works as a Foley artist with the Post-Meridian Radio Players, Boston's premier radio drama troupe, who you can find at pmrp.org. She also does letterpress printing as Onion Lantern Press, who you can find at Onion Lantern Press on Instagram. Our theme song, yes, including this new one, was written and performed by Mess and Finesse Studios at Somerville. You can find them on Twitter at Mess Plus Finesse. Our logo was designed by Julie Benbisset. You can find her on Instagram at T underscore four underscore JBass or on Twitter at art underscore of underscore JBass. That's J-B-A-S-S. I'm Max Kreisky, and I play Chemistro the Matchmage. Finally, our transcripts are made by Lex Lewis at StareLexalot on Twitter. If you've been enjoying Wizard Seeking Wizard and want to help us make the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash whizforwiz. We're also putting together a Q&A episode on there, which will feature in-character answers to your questions from Kimistro the Matchmage, and not in-character answers to your questions from me, Max. Thank you to our Patreon backers, Jordan Church, Kira Romanello, Kelly Houlihan, and Jen Geronimo. Your support helps make this show possible. Thank you again. We'll see you next time here on Wizard Seeking Wizard.